time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we got a little different kind of show today, as I mentioned yesterday, as we finished up with our only weekly guest we have in Bill Barnes. Uh, very different uh, conversation today, but I think uh, it's definitely going to be something that uh, a lot of people can appreciate and, and maybe take a break from some of the serious things we've been discussing the past week or so and, and really get into some fun stuff. So uh, we're going to be talking today with Aaron Bishop, who is a mascot. He is the world famous tremor from the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes uh, baseball team uh, of the California League and a advanced A affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So uh, Aaron Bishop has been with the uh, Quake's a long time. He's going to talk to us how he got started in his uh, mascot journey, if you will, how it, you know, some random events kind of led to him being a mascot. And he's going to fill us in on kind of the daily side of things as he that he does as a mascot for the Quakes. Uh, I do know that my experience with Aaron as an umpire when I was in the California League in 2012. Uh, I speak for a lot of umpires that really enjoyed interacting with him. He does a lot of skits. He involves the umpires a lot. He'll fill you in on all that stuff. And he was always very good about kind of knowing the situation, feeling the vibe on the field. If maybe there was some tension between umpires and coaches or players. So uh, he's a true professional. I'll say that uh, really easy to talk to, talk to him about anything. One of the best people out there, very uh, just a family man, uh, very giving of his time and just so friendly. So uh, you guys will enjoy this, I hope, and uh, it'll take you uh, inside the mascot costume, if you will, to hear Aaron Bishop. He's also a teacher at Rancho Cucamonga High School for a long time now, so he'll tell us about that and uh, you know just his his experience in, in involving baseball. It, it's a fun conversation, and I hope you guys uh, really enjoy it. And again, like I said, I think it's a change of pace for us here on the Get Home Safe podcast just to maybe have some different type of conversations than what we've been having. Um, I do want to start off with this today. Over the weekend, a uh, police officer, unfortunately, was was killed in responding to a shooting in the St. Louis area. Um, officer Tamaris Bohannon uh, died. Uh, he was 29 years old. He leaves behind his wife, Alexis, and three young children. They were uh, him and a partner or another officer were, were responding to a shooting Saturday night uh, in the St. Louis area. And um, unfortunately he was shot in the head and killed. Um, you know, we're seeing so many sad stories in 2020. Um, there's been a lot of violence. Uh, it's very frustrating to see these things continue. And just very sad for me as I've continued to kind of, talk about the police and um, just my frustrations with, with everyone, this attack on police right now. And, and yeah, there's other issues out there. It's not just, Oh, the, the, you know, praise the police blindly and, and do uh, don't think about anything else. I understand that. Um, 
but it's really sad to see that this is someone that was running towards uh, a reported shooting who was running towards gunfire um, and got involved in altercation and was killed. So 29 years old, very sad. Um, if you have not looked up his uh, situation or the report on it, uh, please check it out. Uh, he was known by his uh, colleagues simply as Bo, but Bo, Bo, uh, excuse me, but Tamaris Bohannon passed away this weekend after being uh, shot and killed in the St. Louis area, a former a St. Louis police officer. So, uh, you know, just an, one of many who've uh, succumbed to the violence out there uh, that we're experiencing these days. And so I just wanted to mention uh, his name. Uh, there's, there's countless others. And, and I really hope some of the violence out here stops uh, really soon. So uh, rest in peace, officer Bohannon. Um, you were, he was only on the force like, three and a half years, apparently. So uh, gone far too young. And uh, any any police officer shot and killed is just uh, a tragedy, in my opinion. So um, my, my best to your family, sir, and uh, rest in peace. And uh, to all the officers out there, please uh, be safe. I mean, it's a crazy, scary time we're in. So we thank you for your service. And uh, yeah, we're thinking of you. We're definitely thinking of you. So anyway, wanted to get that uh, get that off my chest today just to kind of get the show started. Um, some good news, we shall say, uh, I received from my good friend, Todd Carson, who is a very good friend of mine, been on the show uh, multiple times. He actually interviewed me a, a, an episode, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, maybe two months. Time, time's flying, that's for sure. But I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that Todd Carson's uh, youngest daughter, Heidi, who was only five months old at the time, uh, probably six months old now, she had some heart issues. She had some issues that uh, she required some surgery and uh, just very sad that she had to kind of go through all this, um, you know, not too long ago, but she's been uh, fighting through it. And Todd texted me uh, on um, Tuesday and said, hey, Matt, Carla and the baby Heidi came home last night. She's going to need some special care short term. But the doctor said long term, she should be fine. Thanks so much for all your prayers and support. Well, Todd, that's great news. Excellent to hear. I know a lot of people who listen to this show know who Todd is. And I just want to say uh, he's been not only a mentor in my life when, when he coached me when I was a junior high kid, but then having the opportunity to coach alongside him after I graduated high school was just a blast. And I've talked about it before, but that's where really where our friendship grew. And uh, I'm just so glad that uh, things are going well for my good friend, Todd Carson and uh, to, to baby Heidi, uh, you're definitely inspiring a lot of us. So some really good news there from my good friend, Todd and uh, his uh, youngest daughter, Heidi, I think it's wonderful. And uh, you know, Pat, there's power in prayer. I know that. And a lot of people have uh, been showing Todd and his wife, Carla, their support. So great news on, uh, on that front. Thanks for letting us know, Todd, uh, my best to you and Carla and the entire family and moving forward. Um, guys, I want to say this. I don't know how many people are, uh, religious. We'll say I, me personally, uh, I have a strong faith. Um, if I'm honest, I, I, it's been a while since I've really gotten involved in church and everything. That's something I wish I would do a better job of. Um, so I think in the future, that's going to be something that I try to, uh, move, move forward and do a better job of, but, but I got to say, you know, a lot of stories from the Bible, they come, they come, uh, as I grow older, they have different meaning. They have new meaning. 
if you will. I mean, I remember all the stories I learned over, you know, when I was a kid and everything, but you, you reflect now during some of these dark times about some of these stories that just pop into my head. And one recently was regarding, uh, Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate during the Passover, uh, it was customary to release a prisoner, right? And uh, this is all found in you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the 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 gospel. And basically, he would release a prisoner um, as a you know just customary thing they did during the Passover. Well, the crowds. Uh, wanted one individual to be released and it was not who Pontius Pilate thought they would want released. And uh, I'll sum it up for you real quick. I mean, there were two men. One was name was Barabbas and the other one was named Jesus. And Pontius Pilate almost gave the opportunity to release Jesus, knowing that this other guy, Barabbas was a criminal. He was just this violent criminal that did not have a good past. And uh, one of the two men was going to be executed and the other was going to be set free. Well, the crowd almost unanimously chanted and wanted Barabbas. And Pontius Pilate was very surprised by this, to my understanding. And, uh, you know, the whole washing of his hands to be like, hey, this is you guys. This is who you guys chose. Um, anyway, the, the the story, as you know how the story goes, Jesus was in um crucified and executed where I'm going with this is that it seems to me like our society right now, it, does, it I'm not referring to Christianity or the religious side of it. I just feel like society right now where we're at, it's like we're, we want Barabbas. We're crying and chanting. We, we want Barabbas. We're choosing Barabbas over Jesus Christ. And it's really sad to me because Barabbas was a violent criminal. And I know God has a plan for everyone and everything, but that's kind of how I feel these days. I feel like society we're we're choosing Barabbas again. We we the the violence, the the destruction, the looting, like everything. It's so sad that I think we as a society have lost a little bit uh, some our vision of what's right and wrong and other people well people who disagree with me on some topics they can say matt you're dead wrong you don't know you don't know what you're talking about you have lost sight of what is right and wrong okay i mean that's that's a that's a discussion we can have that's a debate whatever you want to call it but some of the horrible things i've seen the past a few months i mean it's just it's really it's terrible. A thing we never thought we would see, right? Much like Pontius Pilate never thought the crowd would choose Barabbas. And I don't know if that analogy works for you guys or not. Again, it's just something that kind of popped into my head. And uh, we're in this crazy time, man. Just this absolute crazy time where uh, we kind of defend criminals, much like <laughs> the crowd did. Uh, in, in that Bible story. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words when it comes to it sometimes. So uh, it's very sad to see uh, so many negative things 
and I don't want to be just this upbeat. Hey guys, come on, we can we can all do this. We're all in this together. We come on, guys, let's all hold hands and sing songs. No, I I, I don't believe that's necessarily the, the answer either. But um, I I think I, I get hope in in talking to people and seeing positive things because so much negativity is on the news now. Everything. Even uh, fun, happy topics or, or events are turned into just negative, just negative. Everyone's awful. There's no good people in the world. And, and it's just, it's frustrating to see. So um, I hope that there's enough people out there that can lead the way. Because I think we do need some leaders. I mean, you, you can accomplish a lot when you have good leadership. I know that I had that in my life, whether it be my coaches, my parents, um, even some friends, some close friends later in life. I mean, it's, and then at times you also got to lead yourself. So that's kind of tying in the podcast and everything. I am trying to speak out a little bit more about some issues and some topics. Uh, I don't want to offend anyone ever. I mean, that's just, that's always, that's always on my heart. I hope you guys understand that, but I also got to speak my heart. So Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about our guest today, Aaron Bishop. Uh, Aaron Bishop, as I mentioned, Mr. Minor League Baseball, Mr. Mascot, uh, he's going to kind of cheer us up today, I think. I think the conversation with him is going to be a lot more positive, uh, less negative, just more focused on some of the good times. Some of the good times uh, from baseball. It's unfortunate that minor league baseball has gone away and – you know, he, he, he's a big part of minor league baseball and has been a long time. So uh, he'll fill us in on kind of the importance of minor league baseball and the fact that it does bring families together, probably more than major league baseball does uh, has a lot to do with the money and the, uh, uh, how affordable it can be at times. So uh, I know it took me a while to become a minor league baseball fan. We'll say before I got an umpiring, and a lot of it had to do with the accessibility. Like I know these guys weren't big leaguers, but maybe one day they could be. So it was cool to watch guys who were younger and really kind of, I felt trying a little harder than some of the big leaguers do at times. So that's how I kind of got interested in minor league baseball over the years. And then uh, eventually worked for the Quakes, worked for the team in 2008. I mentioned that already as I was a senior, kind of just looking for some part-time work. The following uh, year I went to umpire school, got involved in the, uh, minor league baseball umpiring for four years and then come full, full circle. I came back to the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes in the summer of 2019 last summer, uh, well spring and summer. And I worked for the team again as like a fill in part-time basis, working up in the press box, running the, the stats, uh, stats on the computer and everything. So uh, that's kind of my involvement with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes and, and with minor league baseball in general. Uh, Aaron's been around a long time. He'll tell you about his entire journey guys. And it, it's some fun conversation. Uh, he has some stories too, from the, from the field regarding, um, umpires, regarding some players, all the different people he's come across. So I think you guys will enjoy this, um, little shorter conversation today than maybe some of our other interviews, but I think, uh, it's not the, the, the amount of time spent. It's, uh, more the content that I think you guys will appreciate. So let's take a quick break and then we'll dive into our interview with Aaron Bishop, also known as Tremor. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, joining us on the program today is definitely a first for us, a definitely a, a one-of-a-kind interview, if you will. We are going to be joined by Aaron Bishop. Some of you may not remember the, that that name may not uh, strike a, you know, hit, hit a, strike a, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but Chord, yeah. Strike a chord, yeah, there you go, Aaron. Uh, but those of you who know the name Tremor, I think is the, is more the name that you will recognize. There's the word. So uh, today on the program, we have Tremor, the mascot for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, the big giant green dinosaur. Uh, but he, there is a person under there and that is uh, Aaron Bishop. And he is joining us today from his classroom in Rancho Cucamonga High School, where he is a teacher. So he's a busy man. Aaron, I, th I thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, you got it. My pleasure. I look forward to this. <laughs> well, Aaron, uh, you know, before we kind of get into baseball, I mean, you're, you're doing this interview from your office in, or your classroom, I should say, at the high school. You've been teaching high school a long time. Do you ever think you'd see a year like you, you've seen right now where you've just opened up school the past couple of weeks? Uh, no, not in the wildest anything. I mean, we've had here in Rancho, we get some severe weather. Uh, probably the most severe is the, the Santa Ana winds coming down the 15 freeway where doors are blowing open, trees are falling down. If they would ever cancel, I would think they would cancel for that. Um, we've had some tough fires up here in the foothills, never canceled school. And now we cancel school for this. Um, at the beginning, it's kind of weird. All the kids were saying, oh yeah, spring break. <laughs> and, and after about a week, I was getting some text messages from kids saying, this is going to stink. And it has been, it's been the biggest challenge of my educational career. It's, I just feel bad for these kids that are missing out. Yeah, of course, on the education, but just hanging out, just listening to others, just the human contact, just, just being kids. And that um, you, you never realize that Hey, those four years in high school were so valuable. The seniors this year, and it kind of hits home with me. My son's a senior. Mm. He's not even going to have a year. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to be coming back. And he's yeah. bummed. But anyway, thank you for asking. Yes, it's been a very big challenge. I mean, it was a challenge last spring when all this happened and schools closed. And now for teachers to have to open up schools, uh, online, basically, it's got to just be a real challenge. Then you say you, you teach high school and your wife teaches real little kids. So you're yes. both kind of have this challenge, right? So, uh, yeah, we, it, uh, man, we're still figuring it out. So we're in our third week. We're still figuring it out. My wife is great. She's doing kindergarten, but to teach kids to read online <laughs> is crazy. But one thing about that is kindergartners want to be there. They look forward to it every day. Now springboard to high school. High school is, is, they don't have their interaction. I mean, guys are looking forward to seeing their buddies at school. So it's not the same interaction. And um, it's, it's been tough. Here's the other thing is kids want to prepare for college. We don't even know what college is going to look like in a year. And, and then myself, I'm not the biggest tech guy. And you're going to kind of see probably from this interview that I'm a talker. I love talking about the stories. And just to talk online is a little bit different than doing it in person. So it's been a big challenge. Oh, absolutely. And we've kind of moved in this social media tech age the past few years. But I think there's no substitute really for face-to-face, in-person interaction. And I think you've almost seen kids and adults 
affected over the past few years by that, by just, hey, shaking someone's hand, knowing how to act in person. I think those are lessons uh, in life that we can all benefit from. So how long have you been teaching at Rancho Cucamonga High School? And what do you teach there? Thank you. So I, I have been teaching for, tw- this is my 25th year, and, but I've been at Rancho since uh, 99-2000, and I teach U.S. and world history. The two best subjects, I, I don't, you can throw math at me, you can throw English, the two best subjects in the world, and here's what I, I'm so, I don't want to get political or anything, but this fall is there's a presidential election mm-hmm. i would love to have the kids in my class so i love talking about both sides mm-hmm. i absolutely love it i like to disguise issues so you don't know whether it's this side or that side i like to give them a questionnaire and i say it's about is it about the issues or is it about the person because if it's about the person then we have a problem but if it's about the issues what is the best and these kids love it that I disguise it and then they all vote on the person who they, uh, on these questionnaires who says they should, and then they figure out who they would vote for instead of dealing with personality or any of that stuff. And uh, again, it is, what a great time to be a history teacher and dealing with social issues. It's perfect. It is very volatile. It's very sensitive. You got to watch your step, but, but kids need to hear, they just need to hear. And, Unfortunately, sometimes with social media, it's either one side or the other. And yeah, no, absolutely. And and just media in general, turning on the television. Yes. I mean, it's 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 comforting to hear. It's refreshing, I should say, uh, that that a teacher is, is kind of going that direction with things. Because I've been to college, I went to high school. It was always nice when you kind of had that. Okay, oh. making you think, stimulate the brain a little bit. I like that instead of pushing an agenda one way or another. That's great stuff. Um, well, you're right about history, Aaron, and I don't know how much longer you're going to teach, but man, just think one day, as far as talking about history, you're going to talk about the year 2020 someday. <laughs> oh, man. I, I cannot, I don't even know people. Yeah. It's going to be in the textbooks. It's going to be, it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but I, I have to, I'm going to jump in here real quick. One yep. thing I do with, with, uh, here at school is I'm really involved with the veterans in the community. And every year we do a ranch, it's called Rancher Remembers, where my wife encouraged me to do it 13 years ago, where we had veterans come in because her grandfather passed away. He was a World War II vet. We would have veterans come in and it's one vet per three students. They come into the gym, kids wear ties or the guys wear ties, the girls wear dresses. We do this whole production. First year we had 33 vets, all World War II guys. And then anyway, last year, we, it was canceled last year, which broke my heart. But the year before we had 300 veterans, 900 students and the, the Vietnam veterans say, Mr. Bishop, I just want to say, thanks. I said, no problem. And they would say, um, you finally give me a welcome home. I've waited 45 years for a welcome home. So the kids do that. And so it just breaks my heart because we have some world war two guys still around, but with this COVID thing, um, I, I just hope we can it stinks. I mean, it absolutely stinks for that generation. So, but that's just another facet of, like you said, just simulating the brain or getting kids involved. It's just another thing that's happening, but and I just had to throw that in for oh, my, I love it. I love it. That's outstanding. And as a, as a proud grandson of a, of a oh. world war II veteran myself, I, I, I applaud you. 
just tremendously. That's outstanding. I, I, we can't get enough of that stuff for sure. Uh, well, well, Aaron, let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk a little baseball and specifically your specialty, which is being a mascot, which there's not a whole lot of those these days anymore. Um, it, it's, let's, let me just ask you, you've been with the Quakes a long time, but let's go back to the beginning. I, I'm sure everyone's dying to know every time they see you, how in the world do you start the, this mascot journey? Take us back, start, start us up and let us know how it all started. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So in college, so in college, I played basketball in high school, so I wasn't cheerleading and all that stuff. People are like, Oh, did you go? No, I didn't. <laughs> So I go to Santa Barbara and I try out for the basketball team. My jump shot was good. Um, my zone defense, I don't want to say my man defense, but my zone defense was pretty good. And the coach says, what's your name? I say, Bishop. And I thought I was going to make it. They're like, no, go over there. Well, anyway, I tried out twice with the Gauchos. They didn't need me. So UC, I, UC Santa Barbara? Oh, yes. UC Santa, UC Santa Barbara. And uh, I just, I needed to get involved. I needed to be on the court and... I kind of searched, racked my brain, and I was kind of this, I was involved in the stands, but then my mom made me a cape, I wore some, some goggles, and uh, a, a team came in, a visiting team, and I think it was, uh, what was it, St. Joseph, I think it's St. Joseph's Owl, and they had an owl just flapping the wings, and a security guard came up to me and said, hey, if you want to run on the court, you can run, we're not going to do anything, because they have their guy, I said, heck yes. So I ran on the court, chased him down, and whatever, kind of mocked him. And that was kind of what just opened it up. I had no, I, I had no, I had no clue what I was stepping into. Um, it was, it was awesome. I don't know if it's just being in the, being in front of the crowd. I don't know. But a little journey with that is I ended up doing that for 20 years. They would call me and I would come back for every men's home game. And so I had a chance to travel to, to uh, uh, Big West tournaments um, in Reno, Big West tournament, uh, um, first round of the NC2A in New Mexico. I went with the women's team to the elite, um, uh, the Sweet 16, then the Elite Eight. We played against Diana Taurasi and Gino Ariyama in Connecticut where there's 17,000 people who hate me all because of this man, Gino. I mean, it was awesome to see. Anyway, that's where it started. And then I come to a Quakes game. I come home from college. I'm at a Quakes game. I take a dare. I jump up on the dugout and dance with their mascot. And that's, again, um, it just kind of opened the door. They asked me to be part of the entertainment crew. I became a dancing umpire, once a homestand or a vendor or a cop. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then one night, the San Diego Padres was there. Again, strike season, 94, 95, you're the baseball guy, but 94, 95. And they said, hey, if you like to come down to San Diego, we want to incorporate you. So I went down there, interviewed. And if you're going to walk the walk, you got to talk the talk. So I went into the interview with a cape on, with goggles on, with all this stuff. They didn't know who I was. And I sat down with two guys who are known throughout the world in baseball, Larry Lucchino, before he went to Boston, and then um, – uh, a young Theo Epstein who decided yeah. to hire me again. I, I refer to myself as the first big acquisition and they took a chance on me. And unfortunately it was a shortened season, but uh, that's how I got my big break. The major leagues folded, stopped that year, minor league continued. And I went to Elsinore 
for Elstar for a year and a half, and then I was then I made it in Rancho. What was your character called with this this cape and everything? <laughs> this little getup you had. Did you have an official name? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was two names. <clears throat> the Padres, no knock on the organ, but they were. It was kind of scramble time for the Padres because attendance was already down because of the union talks and all of that was strike season. And this is one they had Fernando Valenzuela uh, in the end of his career. So the Dodgers would come down. So whoever was playing the Padres had more of a crowd than usually the Padres did. And so they tried to get us sponsored by um, the San Diego Zoo. I was Pongo the orangutan. <laughs> and that was kind of tough because it was kind of looked like, I don't know if you've seen Teen Wolf from the 80s. Okay. But it looked like, that's what it looked like. It wasn't a cuddly creature. And then they said, let's try something else. And then I ended up being a padre. So basically, I would just wear um, kind of a religious monk robe. Okay. <laughs> and, but no head. So people didn't really get it, but uh, it was great. It was fun. Um, but I have to say is I definitely realized that you want to be a mascot in minor league baseball because the pros, they love the game so much. They do not want to be distracted. And it's just the hunger, the hunger, the excitement, the, the um, anticipation of the minor leagues that I love. And that's where I hate, that's where all the energy is. Yeah. I think that's, that's very true. I mean, the minor leagues is, it fits. It's a better fit. You know, the, the tickets are cheap. The fans are looking for something between innings. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a really good fit. And I got to say, Aaron, in backtracking a little bit to college, you know, most people go to college to kind of figure out uh, what they're going to do and study things. And it sounds like you did the same thing all by accident, just not making the basketball team. You said, well, how can I contribute? Little did you know, right? At that time. <laughs> well, I, I have to, that's kind of funny you say that because, so then I started dating It's it's my wife now, but we started dating and and I have the Quakes job, and she's from the Bay Area. She's from San Jose. And so we're sitting there, and I'm trying to apply for all these teaching jobs, but I already have this job at Quakes. And so we don't know where we're going to live. <clears throat> so I have to convince my fiance's dad for us to live in Rancho. Why do you want to live in Rancho? Because I'm a mascot. And he looked at me like, what? You're a mascot? <laughs> So no one, nobody gets it unless you're a mascot, but nobody understands. Cause everyone's like, that's lame, you know? <laughs> and um, anyway, he, he's my number one fan now, but to smell that to my father-in-law, that was rough. That was rough. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I know a lot of uh, prospective suitors go to their uh, potential father-in-laws in uh, asking for, you know, they already don't like yeah. you. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, yes, as they should, right. you know, as, as most father-in-law should, uh, at, least, at least early on. And then to say, yeah, I do. I'm a mascot. And like, oh man, I, I cannot yeah. only imagine that conversation. How hilarious. Well, if I think I mentioned it, but let's just to double check. Um, as far as the quakes go, is the Rancho Cucamonga quakes uh, out here in Rancho Cucamonga, California. They're in the California league, which is, it was 10 teams before it's now eight. Uh, it's been the oh. affiliate of the Padres, the Angels. It's currently the Dodgers, three-time Cal League champions. Uh, Aaron, I had the opportunity as a college senior to, when I was 2008, to work some part-time stuff for oh. the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. 
uh, Jeff Levering, who was the broadcaster at the time, brought oh, me along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was working in the press box a little bit there, and I remember watching the umpires and thinking, I think I want to go do that. And I ended up going to professional umpire school, getting picked up. Got in the minor leagues in 2009, but it was in 2012 when our paths crossed. I was working in the California League as an umpire, my fourth year in the game, just working my way up. And in walks to our locker room, this big green dinosaur, Tremor, who was you. And you were someone that was always involved with the umpires, probably more than any other mascot I've seen. Uh, Talk to me about your relationship with umpires over the years. Oh, man. So it's so, I, this is just the weirdest thing, but no one, I'm just going to tell you this is the best job in minor league baseball or GM, whatever is that's about the money. I'm not for that, but the best job is players. The second best job is mascot. Third best is, is the umpire. And the reason why no one sees behind the scenes Minor league ball players are working their tails off. They're packing their own gear. I mean, it's that's a mess. No one sees it. Pros, they're just walking through. They have their headphones on. People ask for autographs. Minor league baseball is crazy. Then minor league mascot, whatever. No one cares. You know, they don't care who's in there. Let's punch the guy. But minor league umpires, I have a completely different respect for, and no one knew this. So when I walked into the locker room and I started being in my first couple of days being an umpire. I didn't realize here's just two kids who are away from home. Some of them for the first time who are living on fast food or stale popcorn and hot dogs every single night. At that time they were sharing rooms um, and they get yelled. Nobody likes them in the whole place. So on a capacity night, 4th of July, there would be about 8,000 people who do not like you no matter what. And you have to do this and you're in the same league. So you see the same teams every single night Mm -hmm. and you have to put stuff behind you from one call to the next. You have a plate meeting, which I always thought was the most interesting thing because you just ran a guy because you had a house or we call it dog house, but you just had (laughs) the worst and you come to this plate meeting and you're like, Hey, it's water under the bridge and you have to start fresh. I had this different respect for these guys. I just, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. So anyway, so me having my situation, I'm again, a a friendly guy. So I don't walk through and just say, Hey, what's up to the guys. And for some reason, they just liked that. It was a relationship thing. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, look, I'm the mascot. I'm not here to embarrass you. I will ask you every single time if we can do something. Um, Again, it's like my dad said, it's all about relationships. So when I was there, I would bring them. It was so crazy. My dad has a bakery. I would bring a loaf of sourdough bread and two brownies. And I would have two guys in their 20s willing to do anything all because someone just cared. It was just something out of the norm. It that, was, that was Christmas morning, Aaron. I mean, <laughs> that was Christmas morning to us on the road for five months. What? Fresh it, brownies and bread? This is awesome. It was, uh, it was, I mean, it, it was, it was just worked. But here's the other thing is I respected these guys. So each time I would do a skit, like if I was going to do a skit with you and we're going to do something where I'm going to ask you to dance with me or something, but I would either come up to you and say, Hey, are we good? And, or burn it. You tell me. 
And once I gave these guys the chance to say no, for some that just added to the respect. Yes. And these guys would, they liked that I knew the game. They mm-hmm. liked that you don't do a skit right after you threw the bullpen coach. <laughs> and I mean, or you're the catcher gets out of the way and lets you hit one in the whatever. They just like that I knew the game. And um, I'm just going to – I have to give props to every single – I the success of my mascot career is all due to the, to the umpires. <laughs> I mean, they, they allow me on the field, and if you respect them, they respect you, and uh, it's all about the relationship. So, Oh, uh, yeah, with a lot of things. And, and like you said about – you'd always ask us, hey, what's up? Because, Aaron, you've been around baseball a long time, but what fans don't realize is that uh, there are times when – there is something that's brewing a few oh. innings even between uh, coaches and umpires or players and umpires. Like, so it's always important to check, check because sometimes things will happen and the fans or, or even, you know, media broadcasters, they'll say, Oh man, we didn't see that coming because there's really no way to see it. But so I always have respected that about you to ask us, Hey, is everything good? Are we good to do some dorky skit between innings where the wow. players may look at us? Like we're just, I don't know, like we're not that authority authority figure we need to be. So yeah, that was great. And it, and it definitely got more guys to want to be involved in your skits. And oh, stuff. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, you can, you can feel it on the field. I mean, the regular fan, you can't see, but you can feel it. <laughs> and these umpires have to have thick skin, have to have caught in their ears half the time. But then if someone says the wrong thing, it's just like whammo. It's like a thorn <laughs> to the side. And you're like, what? You're done. Yeah. Um, I just have to, I, I just got to tell you one story real quick. So uh, Dallas McPherson, I don't know what year Dallas McPherson is there. Randy Johnson is rehabbing with who's Randy Johnson. Uh, he's with the Diamondbacks. Oh, it might've been, it might've been Lancaster. Anyway. So Randy Johnson. And I remember the two umpires we had in there, Bojo Morris and um, oh, who's the other guy? Well, anyway, um, Randy Johnson's doing a rehab assignment and he's just throwing gas. He's just throwing straight, straight down the pipe, straight down the pipe, straight down the pipe. And what are he's just rehabbing? So Dallas McPherson, he just takes him yard. I'm talking a moonshot, and then he pimps it. You know, he Ooh. just he makes the box into a huge circle oh, and he no. pimps it. And I'm like, all right, all right, you know, that's cool. Everyone's going crazy. Anyway, the next time he's up at bat, uh, McPherson digs in and um, throw, Randy Johnson throws a strike and McPherson does a swing at it and he looks at the back of the umpire and the umpire says strike and um, McPherson just kind of like what questions the call Randy this is where I saw respect for umpires just right here Randy Johnson drills McPherson in the back with a fastball that I've never seen boom and McPherson is our stud like he's he's the one who wants the rebel rouser he wants to fight what did he do and everyone's like oh no what's gonna happen he drops the bat, puts his head down, and runs to first base. The umpire behind the plate said, thank you, just tapped his hat, and Randy Johnson said, you got it. Basically, shut the up and hit the ball. And so when I saw this, it's just brotherhood of these umpire. I, it Mutual was, respect, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's a great story and a great – uh, lesson for, for people to hear. I mean, I've heard stuff about like Nolan Ryan with stuff like that. A hitter would question a call. There'd be one up and in like, Hey, don't you 
why don't you talk to that guy back there? You know, it's just yeah, stuff like that, dude, man. I, but that's the kind of cool things that you see. And I don't know. It's just part of the game that I get a chance to, to oh, witness man. and talk about it with the umps. And, hey, they're people. They're doing the same thing, trying to make a living. <laughs> Amen, man. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that. We've always – all the umpires I've known over the years who work the Cal League – we we all know who you are. We all know uh, we all know about the goodies you'd bring us and just okay. the fun good, stuff good. we would do. Oh, it's yeah. You your your name goes all throughout the umpiring community. Wow. Let me tell you, Aaron. Um, and one thing you would do, which I didn't like because I was the local kid, I lived 15 miles from Rancho Cucamonga, so you it was always a two man crew, and you you'd always have the guy that was like close to home. You know, sometimes we'd have guys from Glendora, which I was from Glendora or, or a guy would be from Arizona or whatever. And it'd be like, nope, nope. You're the kid from California. You get to do the skit because you have people in the stands and you'd always use the local guy, whoever was, because you knew he was involved. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, you know, usually, okay. I, you're right. You're right. Um, um, which is cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, so, so if I knew, I would always ask questions like, hey, do you have family coming in town? Do you have any uh, yeah. nephew, niece, nephew, or a brother or sister? If, they, if anybody wants to do anything and – uh, who was dying it? So we did one skit where we brought um, someone's fiance out and she didn't know it. And of course it leads into, or girlfriend out then it ends up being the fiance. And she had no clue. Cause we were just doing, you know, she was going to fill in. Oh, I'll do it. Cause my boyfriend. And so <laughs> it's, again, that's the personal side of it that no one sees. No one sees. And it's, 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 the crowd if we get the crowd reacts that's it's worth it what, wasn't there a skit something about like so if an umpire's girlfriend or fiance or whatever was in town where you would do like the okay you have to do what i do to the umpire yes. or something like that and you'd like kiss the umpire or, or something and then and then the umpire would kiss the girl and everyone would think that she was the <laughs> just some stranger right and the umpire <laughs> would come off like this stud no. i never got to do that but hey, it's hey, a hey. good idea <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. So we would always ask, hey, do you have your girlfriend here or, or fiance, whatever, wife? And we would bring her out and we would do a little dance. And it's like, oh, well, okay, hold on. Do what I do. And she would mimic me. And I would go over to the first base coach and be like, or first baseman. And I would like grab his butt and um, be like, what the heck? But then the girl would come over and grab his butt. And of course, they thought there was some stud. So I'd go over to the ump. And I'd make this big scene. I'd give him a kiss. And then she would come around. The funniest thing about her giving him a kiss, then she has to walk off the field. I'm, I'm serious. Every single player is like, mm-hmm. what the? Mm-hmm. What the heck? <laughs> and it was, uh, that was, that's golden. That's golden. Oh, hey, that's our one shot at the players too. Like, yeah, take that, pals. <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's with him or whatever, or or the guys that's got game. Who knows? Oh, funny stuff. Just just one of many memories. I know a big one for you, and I still have pictures of it, was was you do the Titanic scene out of a little raft. And whether I was on the plate or the bases, you had me do it. And so I got all kinds of flack for that from buddies and family members laughing at me all the time over the years. Well, that's that's funny. Again, we we Everything is, I don't want to reveal it, but it's, it's set up mm-hmm. and we'll tell you, of course, sometimes like, hey, homie, it's 4th of July. There's a pitching change. We got to do something right now. <laughs> but um, we have that set up. But the funny thing is you say Titanic and then we have this monkey see, monkey do, we call it. But I'm always thinking of a skit. How can we use, 
how can we incorporate that song as funny or that scene, even though I don't know what year the movie was from, but still when the song comes up near, far, wherever you are, yeah. and everybody <laughs> knows it. So I, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, yeah. It's just, just hilarious stuff. And my partner at the time was from uh, San Jose. So I was the the Glendora kid who was, you know, right around the street from Rancho technically. And uh, yeah, every time it was, it was me, it was me. And I always had, but I always had people in the stands too, whether it was my dad or some fellow umpire. So it's all in fun. And you happen to know, actually, Aaron, a few guys. Uh, I know Luther Wilson, a good friend of mine, he he umpired and uh, he he chats with you and stuff. And, you know, we always have a big group of guys there uh, on Thursdays. I think sometimes, I I don't know why. Sometimes Thursday, because it's not too busy and there's some discounts. There you go. There's certain discounts that uh, football officials enjoy uh, participating in, we'll say, on Thursdays. And so, yeah, we, for whatever reason, less traffic on Thursdays, we'll say that. Uh, but yeah, you've been gracious, uh, you know, leave us some tickets here and there. And that's, that's always fun. Uh, but full circle. So in the Cal league in 2012, you were there. I ended up getting out of minor league baseball for a while. I went and worked some independent league baseball for a couple years, but it was in 2019 where I hit up my good friend, Chris Alba, who works PA for Rancho for the Ranch Cucamonga Quakes. He's great. Yeah. Oh, I said, Chris, is there anything going on there? Any, any, any jobs or anything I can help out with. He helped put my name in. And that's how I ended up kind of working with the Quakes again, the summer of 2019, uh, which was a blast being back coming full circle. But yeah, if, if you can, Aaron, talk to me about Chris Albaugh, the, the PA announcer there. He, he's done Cal State Fullerton a long time, but he's been in Rancho Cucamonga a long time too. And he just, he provides such great energy, doesn't he? I, I can't, that, I cannot say enough about that guy. Um, Yes, I'm going to give all my praise to Quakes and giving me an opportunity and, and I thank them and, you know, taking a chance on me and sticking with me. But um, here's how it works. It's the umps are key. I mean, to let your freedom because they, if they don't watch on the field, but Chris is Dr. Chris, as we call him, yeah. is, he's the glue. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, he is the glue. He, his timing, he's, he's the best in the business. His timing is impeccable, whether to jump in, he sees that, that a skit maybe just just bombed and he'll just, all right, and he'll just go right into an ad, he'll go into a read. He has saved me so many times. Um, he's, he's witty, he's funny, he's clever, he's quick, and, and then his voice is the best. I mean, he's soothing. You go in there and you're like, why is this guy not at a big lake park? He likes the minor league stuff. He likes the college stuff, but he is, uh, I mean, he's safe. He, he's glue. I mean, he is just the glue that in a compliment. If he's listening, glue is a compliment here. He makes it work. Yeah. Keeps it all together for sure. And Chris has a ton of experience, you know, uh, with uh, the NBA, major league baseball, all these different things. And he's, he's found a, he's found a home. He's found a love, like, just like you, Aaron, where you had opportunities in the big leagues and everything, but the fun. I mean, it, it, this is all supposed to be fun for people that are around the baseball game itself. Uh, you know, it's a business for everyone on the field as far as umpires and, and players and coaches, but everyone else around it. I mean, you got to have fun. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Most definitely. I mean, well, first of all, it's hot in the <laughs> summer. It is hot. And I, I have this mentality that, 
you have, well, most people are there seven innings. Sorry, this way it goes. They'll see seven innings of the game, whether they're in concessions or leaving. But I have seven innings to have this person. If this is the first time, I have to think, I'm thinking everyone here is for the first time. They've never seen Trimmer. Everyone's here for the first time. What are they going to think? Are they going to come back? What can I do? Not that I'm, I'm going to do it extra crazy all the time, but it's when, when I do my stuff, it's quality, it's energy. And I just want someone to say, man, I'm going to come back. That, guy, that was funny. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you have to like it because again, it's hot. You've been in the Cal league. You've been to Modesto. You've been to high desert. You've been to Visalia. You've been, I mean, it's rough. And if you can make it fun, uh, that's the whole thing. And if you can make some kid just whatever, just laugh, be like, oh, dang, that was, that was funny. That, that was funny. Oh, uh, with the hot thing, I have to tell you, the most I've ever lost in one game is 12 pounds. You're 12 kidding. Pounds, 12 pounds. I got to become a mascot, Aaron. I, 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 what a weight loss plan. Oh, my goodness. I'll put that stuff on for a game. Oh, man. <clears throat> But anyway, I, you got well, down. Here's another thing: is when I started, I could walk in eating nachos, a double cheeseburger, and a Coke. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> now it's I have my Powerade Zero. I have supplements. I eat a turkey sandwich with no mayonnaise. I have bananas, a half of avocado. I have whatever because t- times have changed. Yeah. So. Gotten a little older, have we, Aaron? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, man, oh, that hurts. Hey, hey, you, you're staying ready? That's great stuff. Nutrition and staying fit. Man, that's awesome. Like I said, I got I to gotta look into this mascot thing and get a little healthier, maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, we'd always jo- talk. You know, we'd be putting our gear on. You'd be putting your gear on. You'd talk to us at the plate meeting, and we would be hot, and we'd be like, man, I can't imagine what it's like in that dinosaur suit right now. <laughs> I know. Brutal, brutal. But, hey, you got it, like you said. It's being an up. You're coming back. You're, you're like, you're coming back out here again. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing this again. Yeah. It's, you can just take it in stride. I mean, you, get to, you know, extract. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> some of my f- most fun memories though, of, you know, we'd have our plate meeting, like you already talked about coaches, managers would go away and then you'd come in and you just talk with us for five minutes or so. And that was fun because people in the stands couldn't hear what you're saying. They just, cause I think normally you're, you're you have to be quiet, right? You don't yes, speak. Yes. Okay. So it was cool talking through the dinosaur suit to us and we're just standing there talking to a dinosaur and thinking, man, this is life in the minor leagues. Yeah, here we are. Well, <laughs> so I'm talking to these guys. There's been a couple of times. So 4th of July or playoff games or um, Labor Day or Memorial Day weekend, there's always a big game. And I forget who it was. I've, I've done a pretty good job keeping these guys' names, but it was a big night. It was packed. He won. He's like, let's just do it because it's going to be a big night. I know. And he's like, you got, hey, I forgot. Well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And I, I talked to him and no one knows that we're talking the whole time. It just looks like, you know, they're close and they're listening to the whole thing. I, I, uh, I'm telling them, I'm just walking them through this, whatever dance or skit or pulling a wagon or something. And I just, those parts are kind of cool when you can just push pause on all the chaos and say, hey, look, we're in front of 8,000 people right here. And we push pause and we can have this conversation. It's kind of like this surreal moment where everything's moving, but yeah, it's like, just take a look around and look what you're doing. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no doubt about it. And uh, I know minor league baseball is something you've been involved in a very long time. 
Uh, you've probably seen it all. You've seen championships. You've probably seen crazy plays, crazy situations. Ben, you've seen everything. And uh, if you know, if there's one thing, Aaron, I think you can speak about is that, you know, Rancho Cucamonga is not this really small town like you see in some of these other places throughout the country. But minor league baseball, it was canceled this year. And it's so unfortunate. A lot of things got canceled. But there's so many small towns out there that really depend on minor league baseball, uh, whether it be AA or AAA. It's just so sad that that was been gone from them this year. So what are your thoughts on just minor league baseball in general and the fact that you know, it, it's, it, it went away this year and hopefully it comes back strong, but we don't know. Uh, you're, you're, this is how you're breaking my heart because mm-hmm. um, one of the things, even on the slowest night at Quakes, people are there for entertainment. People are there just for fun. And if there was ever a summer that we needed fun, it was yes. this summer. And they tried so hard to do certain seating and it just, it wasn't going to work out. And I can see how it's not going to work out. Um, and then the other thing is you get a relationship also with people who are employed there. No one is there for their main income. Everyone's there as a supplement or you're a teenager. Yep. So I feel so bad for these guys are just supplementing and they're doing it, but yet it's part of a community. It's almost like a, a, a community organization or, or just a benefit that we have in Rancho that's like, Hey, you need to feel better. Just go to a Quakes game. Here's some ticket. And it's yeah, this good thing. And it's all, it's all about fun. Yeah, sometimes you'll spill a drink or you're going to get mad or something. But it's all fun. We were at a ballpark. At parks, you have fun. And for that to be taken away, that, that I'm serious. That hurt. And these smaller towns, because I've, I've traveled to a number of, of places and I know these people just depend on it and it's fun and it's an out for senior citizens. It's an out for little kids. You don't have to break the bank to go watch professional ball players. It's a great thing. It's clean fun and it's family fun. I mean, it's every, it's like the American spirit put into minor league baseball package for, you know, $8 a seat. Oh, it's great. But no, it, it was sad. Yeah. it was sad in Rancho. It has to be sadder or more sad in these um, smaller towns. Yeah. It's, it's just like this, you got to mat for the economy that it does in those local cities, local towns, it's got to just be devastating. So uh, I, with major league baseball, they're kind of talking about having less minor league teams and everything, which I think is a little sad as well, because as we just mentioned, so many teams and cities, um, it, that, that that's their only option in Rancho and Southern California. We have a ton of options uh, in some of these small towns, some of these States, there are no other options besides going to a minor league baseball game. So it's, again, it's, it's horrible. I love that when, when I talked to, so I don't know if you were ever in Midwest league, were you Midwest? Yes, absolutely. Oh, so you had to drive from whatever Michigan down to Bowling uh, Green, Kentucky, all the way up to, uh, you know, uh, uh, either, yeah, Michigan up in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Lansing, or, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I went there. I went for a couple of games to do my thing. And I'm just like, well, you guys get to see America. You're like, you guys, <laughs> it, you're not flying. You were, it's, it's boots on the ground kind of thing. And it's so cool. And the following that people had in these small, like Dayton, Ohio has that gorgeous ballpark. That place, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just this this following and this, this great thing. And 
I just love, not only is it the anticipation of the fans, but all these guys are hungry. They all have a dream. These 20 year old, 18 year old kids have a dream to be in the pros. And I just don't want that to go. It's just part of American spirit. It's like, Hey, that kid, get that guy's autograph. Cause he might be in the pros. You know, it's that kind of cool thing. Absolutely. And it's the only, uh, in other sports, there are some minor leagues we'll say, but it's the only built in, in baseball. It's the only built in minor league system where you are, okay, you're a Dodger, but you're at the A level of Dodgers and you're going to double uh, yeah. A and triple A. Okay. There's the XFL. There's, uh, you know, the, the, the D league and the NBA or some of those hockey minor leagues. Okay. But minor league baseball, it's just different. It's special. It's uh, one of a kind for sure. Well, well, Aaron, uh, real quick, kind of about your family. And I know your kids are all grown now. They're either in college or high school. But was there a time while you were a mascot when they were little and they saw you, maybe didn't know that it was dad under there? What was kind of that relationship? I'm going to break your heart right now. Um, I'm going to break my heart. So here's the weird thing. So my kids, I was like the worst dad in the world because my wife, would take my kids to baseball game. And they're like, where's dad? Oh, he had to go to work. My kids are like, what? Dad goes to work at night? So I would leave every night. Then my wife would bring my kids to the baseball game. So my kids are probably like, my dad is a loser. So here we are. Here's my wife. She's single. So everyone thinks she's a player's girl because that's just how. That's right. So everyone is looking at her like, who's this? Well, anyway, one night, one good thing about having kids in minor is you can use them. You, I mean, they're just bait for props. So, so I do this skit with Abby. Abby is my oldest. She's now a sophomore at San Diego State. And it was the Olympics. And we did a hula hoop contest. And my daughter, first of all, I can hula hoop. But my daughter can hula hoop. So... <laughs> She, she does this hula hoop. She's five years old and she's doing it and she wins. So the, the, the announcer says, who's it going to be? Abby or it's going to be Tremor. And everyone cheers for Abby and Tremor gets upset. So Tremor picks Abby up, puts her on the shoulders, walks off with her and she's happy. And I have a picture of this in my locker room at Quakes. Oh, I love it. She gets back to the seat with my wife and she starts bawling. And everyone around her is like, you did a great job. Why are you crying? And she says, I wish my dad would have seen that. Uh, oh. Oh, 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 just rip so, out. Oh, man. Uh. So they, I know I almost broke down right now. <laughs> so, uh, so then we, we had to tell her. But here was the bad thing about telling her. So we told her, like, hey, that's dad. He saw everything. And then she looks at me like, that's dad? Dad's weird. So <laughs> then I went from dad where's dad to dad being here they're like dad's doing that dance move dad's hugging that umpire dad and then i so but once they got over it they love it i was gonna retire i'm just gonna tell you i was gonna retire like five years ago to be with my kids and my kids said no 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 no, dad we want you to keep doing it it's cool so my kids i want to be home my kids my kids like no dad stay there they they love it so and they still they still love it to this day but but that's how my kids got to know is all because of that. Here's a question of your student. Do your students, are they aware that you are Tremor? All right. So <laughs> he looks over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So um, 
this me being Trevor is the the worst kept secret in the world. Okay. It's the worst kept secret. But what works on my behalf is Quakes is a summer job. So school gets out basically. I do the thing. We come back, you know, the first two days of school. I have my tie on and the air conditioner's not on and I'm just dripping sweat. They're like, Bishop, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. What's wrong? Uh, I'm just so hot from last night. But, but the problem is in May when we start up is all the hawkers, all the concession stand, the ground, everyone's a high school kid. And they're like, hey, I heard that's Mr. Bishop. And they always look at me like, that can't be Mr. Bishop. And then it's, so it, it's, it's cool to see these guys. It, I mean, it's cool to see. It's a community thing. But uh, some high school kids know. But then some parents will ask me at back-to-school night, hey, aren't you Tremor? <laughs> so I, and I, I am a religious man. But I will tell the person, I said, well, thank you for mistaking me for the guy. But I heard the guy who's Tremor is young, dashing, good-looking. So thank you for for mistaking me for him, but no, I'm not, I don't have time. Hey, it's like, it's like being Batman, man. You got to keep yes. the identity. You got to keep yes, it. Exactly. There's suspicions, maybe some, uh, but you know, no, no, that's not me. That's somebody else. You know, that's all good. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, have you done anything for uh, Rancho? Because they know your mascot is the, the school Rancho Cucamonga. Have they said anything like, Oh, Hey, you do this. Let's, uh, let's encourage you to, participate in our school somehow uh, well uh <laughs> i i am the mc of every rally i've worked with school since 2000 and especially during the boy band era um still hang on to that i i do every dance um uh, i don't mind getting on the microphone and i'm in charge of our student section here like at the football games and basketball games Nice. I, I just want the kids, you're here for four years. And if I can do anything, like at the Quakes game, you're here for seven innings. Or nine. If I can make you want to be here every game, then I'm doing my job. So at school, if I can do anything, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's being a coach, whether it's in front of the student section or emceeing the rally and just getting the crowd crazy, if I can do anything to get you to want to be at school, heck yes. Mm-hmm dial me in so that's that's me that's my mentality i love it man i mean in so many schools now you don't see that student involvement and and, you know know. it's it's gone away and so it's nice to hear when someone is kind of pushing that like hey come on be involved like you said it's four years of your life and and probably honestly if some of the best years of our lives i know and you think about it now it's like oh man i wish i would i was don't say i wish i would have just no. Just go. Just do it. It's like with mascotting. When I did, when I took these chances, it was just like, here it is, right here, right now. I mean, what's gonna, what's the worst thing that may happen? Everyone's gonna boo you, or you're not gonna get the job. What's gonna happen? So, just go for it. Well, Aaron, any, any, uh, looking back now, or you know, you're obviously you, you took the year off because there was no minor league baseball. But in looking back, what are maybe one or maybe a couple memories? best stories, whatever you want to say, what are things that stick out to you from your experience as a mascot? Um, First of all, I've had a chance. I don't want to say this the wrong way, but people are like, oh, you should have the greatest autograph collection in the world. But the other thing is I I see on a different side is that a lot of these guys 
they're humans just like us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they make decisions that are not great, just like us, but I get to know them. So, and I love talking to them because here I am the mascot. I'm not, I'm not going to be starstruck, but I'm going to come up. So Kershaw walks by and everyone's like, oh, that's Kershaw. The Dodger front office said, you can't talk to him. Nobody talked to him. But the Quakes always want a picture with me. But you can't, don't talk to him. So I'll go up and I'll just be like, oh, no, who can, uh, this is my house. So I just go up. I'm like, Kershaw, Kershaw, hey, I got a disposable razor in, in the bathroom. If you need it, tighten it up. And boom, he, he's, uh, he'll talk to me just like that because I'm not like, oh, can I have your autograph? Can I go sell it on eBay? Uh, Justin Turner, Justin Turner. All you have to do is make some, some comment, um, uh, congratulate him on, on, on being engaged or something outside of baseball. And he's, he's money. Um, who else? Puig, um, Matt Kemp. Uh, like I said, Randy Johnson. These guys, they come in, and if you treat them like a human, they'll take a double take and you're like, wait a second. Oh, you want to, and once you do that, they'll talk to you. It's, it's an amazing thing. And you see that some of these guys are just the best guy. They're just, they're human too. And I love that. Even um, Wilson, <laughs> he was great. But if you talk to him about rock and roll music, uh, it's different. It's different than coming in starstruck and just, they know that you're going to sell his autograph somewhere and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. No, that's a good point there. And that's something we can all learn from as far as people, like people are just people, whether they are famous or, or otherwise, it's like, we should all treat each other like human beings. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're all on this, all on this earth. And uh, so, and, and for those who don't know, like in the Cal league, especially Rancho Cucamonga, San Bernardino, Lake Elsinore, there's a lot of big league rehabs who come down after an injury or something and play for the quakes. Or, yes. Oh, love it. Love uh, it. Against the other teams, even because there are five California major league baseball teams. And rather than those teams send their, their uh, rehab big leaguers somewhere else, they just send them, you know, down the road or whatever to these Cal league assignments. So that's why Aaron, you've seen so many big league guys uh, and guys that uh, are just there some work. Oh, I even right now the Dodgers are loaded with quakes right now from Peterson and Seeger and mm -hmm. Lutz's been there and um, uh, this is Peterson, well, Bellinger, Belly, you mm -hmm. know all these guys and I saw them when it, it was different. Like it was just everyone's cheering for you. You would smile, you tip your cap. I mean, I know you, you get the pros and you just get older. That's cool. But they still know, they still know. So if I go to a Dodger game and I'll say, Hey, what up belly? And he'll look, you like, what the heck? And he'll come over and he'll talk. We had Mike Trout when we were at the angels, he was that's 19. Right. Yeah. And he was just this young, fast kid <laughs> who everyone raved about. And he was the coolest guy in the world. And now look at it. It's just, it's like, honestly amazing just to see the the growth and you know buster posing all these guys were on the opposing team it's it's been i have no regrets i have no regrets and you get to see these guys come in it is nice being a dodger though and have them just come down the 10 freeway yeah oh no doubt about it yeah for sure uh well so yeah it sounds like it's not so much about memories it's about the relationships kind of what we oh, started yeah, yeah. totally right? totally totally um Right now, there's DJ Peters. He's a Glendora guy. Yeah. And, and DJ Peters, and one, 
any, anyway, one day um, we met at church. We, we saw each other at church. And I'm like, what the heck, DJ Peter? He's like, hey, Coach Bishop. I'm like, what do you mean, Coach Bishop? Well, he played basketball. I'm a JV basketball coach here. And he played JV basketball for Glendora. And he remembers us because we beat him. You're and someone me. said, hey, that's the Quake mascot. And he's like, that's the Quake mascot. And he remembered that from his sophomore year. So uh, it's, it's cool. The small world is cool. Oh, if there's, if there's anything we've realized or I've realized as I've grown up a little bit more, it's that the world is extremely small. And the different connections, the people you run into and uh, all of it, man, it's all crazy. Well, well, Aaron, any, any final thoughts or final, uh, I don't know, stories, memories, anything you want to mention um, before we wrap it up? Hey, well, well, I, I just want to say, I don't know <laughs> if there's a retirement plan for mascots, but <laughs> I've been doing this. So this is 90, 97, I mean, 20 something years. Now check this out. Times that by 70 games per season. Like, I know Lou Gehrig, whatever, all this stuff, the Iron Horse, but I don't even know how many games I have done. And it is amazing. It is amazing to see not only the, the Quakes make it to the pros, but to see umpires make it to the pros. And it's just, it's been a great journey. Um, I used to play, play you know, there are neighbors at the games, and now it's the neighbor's kids that are coming. So it's just, like you said, full circle. There's a lot of circles in the business and it's great. But hey, here's here's kind of a, a funny story. So we get this new umpire in and I'm, we're going to do some skit where where I go to the plate and, and kick dirt on the plate and he brushes off, kick dirt on the plate. So I go out there. He's not having a good game. And I'm, I'm not bagging on the umpires. Umpires know. They know it's just one thing leads to another. And then there's interference down the line with the bullpen guy. And then the umpire, no one sees it. And then um, they don't know one side of the pole, whatever. Just so he's having a rough game. Mm-hmm. But he's like, all right, do it. And my guard goes out and says, hey, you can do it. It's Caleb, I think it was Caleb Smith or Colin Smith. Anyway, so I go out there and I'm just going to kick dirt on the plate. And, you know, he's going to throw him whatever, cook through on the plate. Well, I just got a new pair of shoes, and there was just a lip around the outside of my shoe. And it was a hot August night, and he was he wore glasses. He kind of wore goggles. Anyway, so the skit's going on, and he's like, all right, go do it. And so I start kicking during the plate. He brushes off, and I come back. The whole bit is I do it one more time, kick one more thing. And he bends down to do it, and I kick one more time. I kicked the biggest dirt mess ever you've seen because I had this lip. I wasn't used to it. I kicked so much dirt into his face and it just went poof. And he was, he was sweating and it was stuck all to his face. And he, he took off his glasses and all you could see was looks like a raccoon eyes. And I died laughing. The catcher was laughing. He was so mad. So um, that's one thing. I gotta, I gotta give you one more. Give me, give me give one it, more. Give one it more. to me. Give, give me 10 more. I don't care. Okay. Go ahead. So, so, uh, this bird, this guy, Jason Venzon, Jason Venzon, he was kind of a, he, he would do day to do whatever you want, do whatever you want. I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever I want. So I said, Hey, he's always my birthday tomorrow. I said, okay, we're going to bring you a cake. And when you will sing happy birthday, the whole crowd. And then when you're going to blow out the candles, I'm just going to push your head in. Just like, he's like, okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> 
So my first skit is in the middle of the second eight. So it goes first, no, at the end of the second, going into the third. And so it's early in the game. Again, it's a, a, a hot or a warm uh, July night or August night. We sing happy birthday, the whole thing, and I'm getting them going. We bring out the cake, and he blows out the candles, and I shove his face, and boom. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, did you just do that? And it was all set up, and we had a wet towel and everything ready to go. But he um, he liked it. It was funny, but he said it was the biggest mistake of his career because it was, of course, it went extras. You know, oh. Then he has this whipped cream frosting stuck in his nose the whole game. He has whipped cream frosting under <laughs> on the neck, so he gets all he smells is curdled milk the whole game, and it's all sticky for the rest of the night. He can't get it out from under his because oh. <laughs> just miserable. And he said, "You owe me two loaves of bread. You owe me two loaves of bread for that one." Uh, it was it was so fun. Oh, I got one more. We got one more. Good. All right, so. Tory Hunter's down. Tory Hunter's down, and he's rehabbing with the Angels, and he comes down. Well, we have this guy um, who's working in the stadium who's very athletic and looks just like Tory Hunter. So, um, so when Tory Hunter's going to run out, so Tory Hunter's going to run out, well, I'm going to go up and take Tory Hunter's glove. So, anyways, Tory Hunter's running out. I go up and take Tory Hunter's glove, and everyone's like, what the heck? So I take his glove, and I'm running around, running around, running around, and then I throw the glove, and Tory Hunter tackles me, boom, and as he tackles me, boom, he gets up and goes gets his glove that I put in the dugout, and then the real Tory Hunter comes running out, and everyone's like, what the heck? <laughs> was... All right, all right no, one more, one more, more. Okay. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. I don't know if you remember Rowdy Roddy Piper, a mm-hmm. wrestler, WWE. Okay. WWF. So WWF is there for some reason. They were, and he says, they said, hey, he could play around. I'm like, okay, how how rough can you, he's all? How rough do you want to play? I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so it scared me because he like turned. He just flipped a switch. Anyway, so I come. I'm racing the kid. I come around home to home, and um, the ump will trip me. The ump will trip me, and then the ump's going to wave out Rowdy Roddy Piper, this guy, and I'm just like, uh, whatever. So he comes out, and I, I'm telling you, he turned into WrestleMania mode. <laughs> Flip this switch. And the, the thing was, I was going to swing over him, swing over them, and then he's going to come at me, hit me once in the face, and then clothesline me. He hit me so, <laughs> he hit me so hard. Like, I, I was like, I was scared. For, I was so scared. But – uh. And you get to meet these stars. You get to do these crazy skits. You get to get just crazy. It's it's great. Hey, um, man, I I really appreciate you taking time out to ask me to reflect on this. It made me feel good because I haven't talked about this all summer long. Oh man, you got to be starving for baseball and uh, minor league baseball specifically with the quakes and everything. Yes. Oh man, this has been great. Wait, hey, we took a stroll down. I don't know how many different avenues, but. Uh, <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. Everybody uh, who, who I talk to about coming on, they're like, oh, I don't, well, what will we talk about? I said, well, there's plenty to talk about. Don't worry. As soon oh, as we man. get going. You threw, me, you threw me some good bones, and I uh, <laughs> thank you. No, I appreciate it, Aaron. Like I said, we met in uh, – well, we kind of crossed paths in 2008, then in 2012 uh, being an umpire in the Cal League, and then, uh, again, working in the press box in 2019. So – I thought, uh, well, let's reach out to, uh, let's get a mascot on this program. I, I know, happen to know one. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, anyway, I, hey, I, I really appreciate this. Great job. Great way to be prepped for this. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. You got it, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon. And you know what? I hope we see you uh, next baseball season. Let's, let's hope for the best and hope for sometime in April where, where uh, there's a baseball game happening. You bet. Let's do it again. Talk soon. All right. Talk to you. Another big thank you to Aaron Bishop for joining us on the program. Really appreciate all the fun stories, the laughs, the uh, insight into not only what it is to be a mascot in minor league baseball, but kind of the inside uh, track to all the the different storylines and everything that you see every single year in uh, working for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. And Aaron, I got to say, I really appreciate what you do in, in the classroom as a teacher as well. Uh, you do great work there, and I love the uh, the thing you do. Rancho Remembers, I think it's spectacular, honoring veterans. Uh, I'll definitely be in touch with you to get some more information about that. But it was a great time catching up with you, Aaron. I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. A little shorter today than uh, uh, some of the other ones this week, for sure. Uh, I will say this in moving forward. We're definitely looking for some more guests here on the program. Uh, we will have a show tomorrow on Friday. We do not have a guest scheduled yet. We're working on it, so we'll see what we can do. We do have our segment on Fridays called Suds with Studs, where we talk about somebody for uh, roughly 5 to 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes even, uh, just basically giving an outline about somebody and encouraging you guys to go look up uh, more of their information for their story. Uh, we call it Suds with Studs because these are people that we would love to sit down and have a beer with. We know it and the name might be a little corny, but it's just kind of what we came up with in a way of honoring uh, heroes. Uh, a lot of a lot of military uh, personnel, a lot of uh, law enforcement, uh, firefighters, people like that that we like to talk about. And unfortunately, a lot of these people are, are those who have passed away either in in uh, as a result of their heroic actions um, or just uh, over the course of time natural uh, cause of death of old age and everything but uh, we do like talking about people on Fridays who have done tremendous things things that will inspire us and again that's usually 10 minutes or so before our interview that we usually have uh, we're working on putting one together for Friday uh, but uh, again if anyone is interested in coming on the program please reach out to us we would love to hear from you and we're looking to set up a few different interviews I've really reached out to a lot of different people over the past few months and, and it's been great having so many different guests uh, it's not always easy to <laughs> keep ahead of the game if you will so i'm surprised we've come this far i have a bunch of names on my board here in the room that i'm looking at that i've reached out to but it's all about just finding time to record with people so that's what we're working on on a daily basis here on the get home safe podcast but if anyone's interested or anyone has any suggestions for us please let us know uh, we're always looking to have more guests on the program and people that you guys would find interesting. Well, speaking of reaching out to us, there's plenty of ways to reach out to us. And for those of you who have heard this message over and over again, I do apologize, but it is a way to help promote the show. Our social media platforms we have uh, are, are, are many. They, we have a Twitter handle that is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the best way to get a hold of us so please send us an email give us some suggestions some content uh and anything you want we love hearing from you guys and we look forward to hearing from you 
these next couple days into next week as we try to put together more shows for next week, Monday through Friday. Uh, there's also the voice message option I continue to talk about. Send us a voice message through the Anchor app or through a text message. That's fine. We'd love to play your voice on the podcast uh, specific interview. I should say uh, episode, excuse me. Uh, put you on an episode and give our responses to your statements or questions. Uh, just a way for the audience to be involved. And uh, as we continue to grow, we want to keep t- continue to provide uh, options and uh, just different ways to to be a part of this program. So thank you to all who have been loyal listeners. To anyone who is a is a new listener, we welcome you and hope you'll you'll join us again. We'll have one more show this week on Friday. We'll be back and we'll put it out nice and early, just like we always do here on the Get Home Safe podcast. You can listen to us on your way to work or whatever's convenient for you. But that's the plan for tomorrow. We'll have our Suds with Studs segment. Other than that, we're still working on a guest, so we'll see what we can do here in the next 24 hours, give or take. But guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.